Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. I'm your host, Sarah B, and this is the podcast that's fighting back against liberal lunacy, the lies of feminism, and the destruction of the progressive left as we refocus ourselves on those F-bombs that truly matter, faith, family, friendship, and now more than ever, freedom. If you would like to follow me, you can catch me over on Instagram, stirring up trouble in the comment section at Conservative Mama Podcast. You can also find out what I'm up to on my personal side. It is Lady Devil Dog USMC, also on Instagram. And um, yes, I do have a website. No, I am not on top of it. I am apologizing in advance, but you can check it out. It's conservativemamapodcast.com. I might actually get to it maybe this weekend. Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see, right? Um, Today is March 4th. That makes it Friday fun day. Hooray! I don't know about you guys, but it has been a week. It has been, um, I'll, there just has been so much going on. I found out uh, pretty late that I would be coaching volleyball and I'm giving myself a crash course. Um, but thankfully, a girlfriend of mine who um, her son also goes to the school, um, she is very well versed in volleyball. So it's weird. I guess I get the title of head coach, if you will, but I have a feeling she's going to do most of the coaching. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care because she is wonderful and she's a great coach and I just enjoy yelling at the children. So anyhow, um, hopefully you guys are winding down. You're having something to drink. Uh, You are putting your feet up. My son is in bed. I am so happy. I've got some time to myself this evening. So I came on to talk to you guys. The hubs and the daughter are out at their very first uh, monster truck uh, rally thingamajiggy. I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually been to a monster truck anything. I, I can't remember going, so I must not have been. But um, it was a little surprising. My daughter said this morning that um, she would like to go to this monster truck rally um, that she saw uh, being discussed on the news. And it was kind of a surprise because I don't think my uh, my princess, if you will, would have ever tried this before, right? Um, She saw this. She was like, oh, that looks like fun. Um, So my husband uh, talked to my girlfriend, who is the volleyball coach with me. Um, She works at the center where this is happening, and um, she got them some tickets front row at a very good price. Um, So yeah, she was surprised. She thought they were off to the store here this evening. And um, (laughs) I can only imagine the surprise on her face when they made a turn for downtown versus a turn for uh, the store. So anyhow, I hope you guys are having as much fun as I'm sure the two of them are having. All right. So let's just jump right in. You know what? I know I've got some feel-good stories. It is Friday. Maybe we should call it Feel-Good Friday. Anyway, um, oh, sorry. I hit the desk here. (laughs) Before we jump into that, I've got a couple of things that I think everybody's wondering. Um, 
first and foremost, oh, before we get started, uh, the American Freedom Convoy, I got word from a friend of mine who's following this very, very closely that um, it looks like there's 70 miles of semi-trucks headed towards Washington. Um, they passed through Illinois, I guess, on Tuesday. I was not aware of that. I thought they were coming through maybe today, uh, but I am late to the party as usual, right? And it sounds like um, another 600 uh, trucks and other Patriots, other vehicles are going to join in um, before they get to Washington, D.C. And I hope that's true. I absolutely hope they clog the system. Um, you know, that just makes you feel good, right? Like the Patriots are fighting back. I mean, I just, it makes your heart swell. It makes you happy. Um, people are showing up. Uh, that's fantastic. That is so amazing, especially, you know, given the prices of gas, right? Oh, Lord, what did I see there? They were going to be, um, the national average is supposed to be $5 a gallon. Are you kidding me? You know, what's sad is it's going to hurt everybody, but the people it will hurt and affect first, it's going to be the disenfranchised, it's going to be the elderly, it's going to be the people on the fixed incomes. That's who this is going to hurt first. Um, it just breaks my heart because, you know, it, it's going to put a, a crush on everyone. If you are not feeling it yet, um, you might be a Rockefeller. But for the rest of us, we are already making uh, changes to our plans, right? You are, you're probably taking less trips to the store or, you know, you're combining trips. Instead of going out multiple times, you're just doing it all at once on one big trip. Um, you're, you're, you're definitely seeing the price changes at the grocery store, for instance, um, making some items more unobtainable for people who might need them the most. So it's just, it's really, it's frustrating. We didn't have to get here. Um, and it's all this, you know, hey, for the 81 million alleged voters that voted for Joe Biden, thanks a lot. You don't get to complain. All right. So that's enough of that. Let's jump in. I have got some news, like I said, that uh, I think all of us have been wondering, maybe not in the, the front of our mind here, but uh, definitely in the back of our heads. We probably had this... We haven't heard from this guy in a long time, right? So uh, here we are. It's on hotair.com. Uh, say, has anyone heard from Anthony Fauci lately? That's a great question, right? When's the last time we heard from this clown? Um, has anyone else noticed a large lacuna in the COVID-19 media force? As though a single voice with a million appearances on national television has suddenly gone silent? Actually... Yes, someone has. But before we get there, let's take a quick peek at the media page for Dr. Anthony Fauci at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, NIAID, as of this morning. And I am using the wrong mouse. <laughs> Up until a couple of weeks ago, Fauci appeared to be very busy indeed. On February 17th, 15 days ago, Fauci made three national TV appearances, ABC, PBS, and finally on CNN, in which he said NIAID, I can't say that fast, I'm sorry, director opined that lifting school masking mandates was risky. That took place at the same moment in which Democrat executives like Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer began calling for an end to the requirement to mask children who were at very low risk for the disease in schools that never were shown to be vectors of transmission in the first place. 
to call that timing inconvenient is an exercise in understatement. And then nothing. Did Dr. Fauci take a long vacation? Only from the spotlight, Jordan Satchel pointed out yesterday, Fauci's still making appearances, but suddenly he's only making them on local news and podcasts. If you're looking for the infamous Dr. Anthony Fauci, you might want to check your local television stations or some random YouTube channels because the man has seemingly joined the primetime cable milk carton. I had to pretty, oh, I had to dig pretty deep to find some of his recent media appearances, but I didn't want to let you all down, so I persevered through the interwebs to find evidence of Fauci's existence. He recently appeared on an online streaming show called Woke AF in which he expressed his disdain for the unvaccinated. I also found recent Fauci appearance on a DC local TV channel. In it, Fauci demands money now for his government department, seemingly trying to shake down lawmakers for his pet projects. Why? It's as if Joe Biden and his administration suddenly found Fauci's narratives inconvenient after a year of using Fauci to ineffectively flog its COVID-19 messaging. Whatever could have changed their minds about using Fauci as the White House top COVID-19 surrogate. Satchel thinks that, I think, I hope I'm saying that right, Satchel, (laughs) whatever, it's that way now. Satchel thinks that the White House finally read the memo from Democrat pollster Impact Research. Here's an internal memo from a Democrat polling firm that's circulating through their party as they attempt to shift away from two years of arbitrary and capricious mandates, lockdowns, and closures. Declare victory over COVID and move on. I refuse to allow them to do so. That's from Chris Steigel at Chris Steigel on Twitter. Oddly, Joe Biden didn't fully incorporate that advice into his State of the Union speech on Tuesday, even with the revolt among Democrat mayors and governors last month over mask mandate guidelines at the CDC. That revolt may have more to do with Fauci's sudden absence on national television than the campaign memo did. One has to imagine that people like Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer didn't appreciate Fauci's attempts to criticize their efforts to make amends with angry votes in rolling back mask mandates and likely made those feelings known at the White House. The wonder of this, of course, is why Fauci wasn't sidelined months ago. Whether or not no one agrees, oh, whether or not one agrees with his messaging, it became clear that Fauci was too much of a controversy lightning rod to sell it regardless. Using Fauci to push for vaccinations and masks would be akin to getting Jimmy Carter as one's official spokesperson for economic policy or for foreign policy for that matter, his credibility had been repeatedly tarnished, especially with the so-called noble lie on masking, which has followed Fauci through the entire pandemic. Why not find another voice to raise up and have Fauci concentrate on running NIAID instead? That's a great question. It appears that the White House belatedly belatedly figured that out or that Democrat governors and mayors figured it out for them. Maybe Fauci will come back, if not soon, then at the next variant breakout, assuming one emerges. The Biden administration would still be better advised to find a new voice with more credibility for its COVID-19 task force. And it better not be Rochelle Walensky either. By the way, why aren't the media outlets that provided us 24-7 Fauci vision asking where their narrative star has gone? That's a really great question. Has anybody heard from this clown? Are you one of those that, that, that has seen him on your local news stations? Because I'm very curious. Uh, one minute he uh, 
he's all over the place. You can't seem to you can't seem to uh, you know swing a dead cat without hitting something, Fauci, right? I mean, people were wearing his shirts. What are they gonna wear now? Isn't that weird? They're rolling back all the band-aids. <laughs> it's just crazy to me um, that Fauci just disappeared. It's just gone. I don't know. Okay, moving on. Uh, from the Federalist.com, we have another, we have another one we want to bring to you. We got another one here for you, okay? Faced with the horrific results of their ideas, leftists are backpedaling with all their might. <laughs> this is by Casey Chalk. It was uh, uploaded today. It would appear that leftists don't actually like a lot of the radical policies they've been adv advocating for since the beginning of the lockdowns and the, jet the death of George Floyd in the spring of 2020. Isn't that weird? It's almost like we called them on their hypocrisy and they refused to hear it, but now they're like, ah, crap. Okay. From homelessness to crime to COVID policies, the left is backtracking on much of its platform in the face of disastrous results and frustration from rank-and-file liberals. Recent developments in our nation's capital provide some of the most dramatic examples. Cities across the country are taking more aggressive stance a more aggressive stance on homeless encampments in response to residents' complaints, including Washington, D.C. An early February poll conducted by the Washington Post found that three-fourths of Washingtonians support the district's plan to clear the camps of homeless persons that, are, that now proliferate across the city. That the American Civil Liberties Union and even some D.C. council members oppose Mayor Muriel E. Bowser's cleanups have not stopped their enforcement. Bowser has quite a mandate for this. The number of city residents who want these camps cleared does not substantially change based on respondents' race and is above 70% for white, black, Hispanic, and Asian residents. That the district is pursuing this policy with substantial local support is a bit ironic given that so many prominent leftist organizations, local leftist leaders, and Democrat politicians have been fighting for more than a year to protect these encampments. This included Anne-Marie Stoudmeyer, wife of Maryland gubernatorial candidate Tom Perez, who last year advocated, advocated for homeless camps in the district to be permitted and protected. Don't evict them from the only place that they've got to call home, she urged. Weird. She could have stayed on their, uh, they could have stayed on her lawn, but she didn't want them there. Perhaps that has something to do with how large numbers of homeless persons affect the cleanliness, security, and attraction of neighborhoods. Yeah, you think? Oh my goodness, my animal's in the background. A separate recent WAPO article cited residents who noted homeless persons in the camp have harassed them. One D.C. resident said downtown is not pleasant and that the ubiquity of the encampments threatens the security of local residents. You don't say. Look, can we just stop for a moment and understand that we're not picking on homeless people, right? <laughs> but this really kind of goes without saying. If you are going to have a very large encampment of homeless persons, then there are going to be things that suffer, such as security, such as attractiveness. Less people are going to want to travel to your neighborhood or your area, right? If it is completely uh, reminiscent of Skid Row. You know what I'm saying? And it's not to say that homeless people are inherently bad, but amongst the many homeless folks who might be decent folks, um, there are a fair number of folks that are not decent folks, okay? They, <laughs> you just can't escape it. It's, 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 go, like I said, it goes without saying. And yet we have to say it. 
uh, so it's great that liberals and leftists woke up to the fact that uh, this sucks. <laughs> you think California could have told them something about it? I don't know. All they had to do was ask. Although many on the left would likely grimace to say it, national trends on curbing these camps indicate a significant percentage of the rest of America of the rest of America feels the same way. Yeah, you think? Again, um, it's kind of funny to me that leftists and liberals only want this in other people's neighborhoods, but of course, when it encroaches upon their neighborhoods, they don't like it. It's like uh you know, Nancy Pelosi, she doesn't like walls except for the one that surrounds her house. And God forbid you hop the fence like Laura Loomer and, you know, make a spectacle. Uh, she's quick to have you arrested. Isn't that bizarre? I thought you didn't like walls and I thought you wanted to defund the police. It's weird. Why didn't you go out there and remove it yourself, Nan? It's odd. It's real strange. Mayors of the large uh, mayors of America's largest cities, once responsive to calls to defund the police, have done a dramatic reversal in response to local frustration with higher crime rates. Surprise! You know, <laughs> if only there had been some kind of foreshadowing. If only there had been some kind of warning to let these people know that if you defund the people that protect them, uh, you will see an increase in crime. That's not weird. It's almost like if you make it not a crime to shoplift under $950, uh, people are going to shoplift everything they can get their grimy little hands on for under $950-ish, right? Because who's going to stop them? How do you know? <laughs> they might have $1,000 worth of stuff in that bag, but who's going to stop them, right? It's not a, it's not. It's not a crime anymore, Gavin Newsom. Well done. And now look at California. Oh my gosh, everybody's having a laugh at it, except for the people who own the shops. Everybody's having a laugh. Oh, if only we could have seen this. If only there was a way to tell that this was a terrible idea. We might not have done it. Now, refund the police has become the cry of many liberal residents. Oh, golly, they just never learn. They have to learn the hard way, right? Am I right? In D.C., residents' opinions on crime and police have experienced this shift, given increased crime and murder rates in the city since 2020. According to a recent WAPO, WAPO poll, a sizable majority, 59%, now agree that increasing the number of police officers patrolling communities would reduce the amount of violent crime in D.C. You don't say. Good grief. Thank God it's not rocket science and your life depended on it. Holy crap! For the kids in the back, I'm glad you're wel welcome to waking up in the classroom. You ready to do some studying now? Are you ready to work? Holy trash! The fact that you didn't know that going into that conversation, <laughs> the fact that you at any time thought uh, that this was a good idea. Oh, we should defund the police. But crime rates will soar and so will murder rates. Ah, who cares? We'll see. Let's burn the daggone buildings to the ground. Dummies. <laughs> the share of Washingtonians who say they are not safe from crime has risen to 30% this year from 22% in November 2019 and is the highest in more than two decades of, of post-polls, reports the WAPO. This is quite a change from the defund the police initiatives city residents and various activist groups so loudly endorsed after the death of George Floyd. 
the D.C. government in 2020 supported measures in June 2022 to cut $15 million from the police department budget. At the time, the police chief warned this could lead to the loss of hundreds of officers and that underfunding underfunding training and equipment might result in officers using more excessive force. (laughs) But, you know, no one cared, so they did it anyway. Thankfully, D.C. is not alone in wanting to refund the police. As NBC reported in February, Democratic politicians are calling the defund police movement dead, and mayors in San Francisco, New York, and Chicago are moving to increase police budgets and end the reign of criminals. Wow! Thanks for joining the narrative, you bunch of idiots! When, when everybody looks at you like you've got two heads because you've said something so profoundly stupid that the rest of everybody else can't wrap their minds around it, you might be on the wrong side. You might need to scale that back a little bit and just take another look. Surrendering to pandemic fatigue. Democrat state, Democratic states are also ending many COVID restrictions in the face of rising complaints from their constituents. Consider D.C. Mayor Bowser's mid-February announcement that she would lift the city's vaccine requirement for businesses and dial back the city's indoor mask rules. This announcement followed a number of states, including many governed by Democrats, that have also eased their restrictions as polls come back to showing their rising unpopularity. Gee, it's almost like the midterms are coming. Uh, Now, D.C.'s party scene is returning to normal, reports the WAPO, even though coronavirus case case counts in and around Washington remain high. This is a remarkable and speedy shift, especially considering D.C. had some of the most strict COVID restrictions in the country. Perhaps the district's dramatic about-face has something to do with the widespread annoyance with pandemic restrictions, even among liberal voters. Perhaps it results from the rising tide of Democratic politicians listening to the constituents despite public health guidance, claiming the country is moving too fast in loosening the rules. Perhaps all of these changes also relate to the fact that the District of Columbia is no longer experiencing the population boom and gentrification that have defined the last couple of decades. The capital's population declined by 2.9% from 2020 to 2021, according to the Census Bureau. Living in an increasingly dangerous, filthy nanny city is apparently not that appealing, even to the district's majority leftist population. This has been part of a broader national trend as people across the nation in 2021 left Democrat-run states. Yes, they did. In droves. As a matter of fact, there's a mass exodus out of Illinois. Uh, I have not been on that mass exodus, but I would like to go. Mugged by reality. To borrow a phrase from the late Irving Crystal, D.C. residents and liberals across the country have been mugged by reality and in some cases actually mugged. Perhaps living in a lefty utopia where the homeless camp where the homeless camp, wherever they like, undisturbed by a defunded police force with fickle and irrational health-related restrictions, isn't all that it's cracked up to be. Again, if only... If only, right? If only they had a way to have known this in advance. (laughs) If only there had been a shred of common sense among some of them. Maybe it would never have taken it this long. Democrat D.C. residents, like the rest of Americans, don't actually like their public spaces overrun by homeless persons, their neighborhoods suffering increased violent crime rates, or their cities stuck in a cycle of never-ending draconian public safety regulations. What this all means is that, thankfully, certain activist narratives that threatened all Americans have lost considerable steam. It also means they... 
these policies are likely political liabilities in upcoming elections. Perhaps it also shows signs that certain things that are all Amer there are certain things that all Americans can still agree on. Yes, in Indeed. So that is actually kind of a feel-good story. Yay! We didn't expect it, but um, maybe by the title we sort of did, but I'm glad. It does make me feel good. It made me happy. It made me happy to read it. Okay, we've got just enough time for a couple of actual feel-good, feel-good stories, and I think you guys are going to like this one. Ukrainian soldiers adopt freezing puppy who now stands guard for them, and this little guy is cute. He's so cute. He's like a little uh, shepherd mix is what he looks like. It's not all doom and gloom in the trenches in Ukraine. Sometimes it's head pats and belly rubs. That's because stray dogs like Rambo have been adopted by U Ukrainian troops. He is security. That's his job, one soldier told Freedom News, gesturing at an eight-inch tall puppy curiously hopping around, wondering who the camera crew were. We took him into our post, and he stayed with us, others said. We felt sorry for him. It was freezing outside. The soldier said that little Rambo was so small when they found him, he fit right in the palm of their hand. Beyond Rambo, a number of adult dogs also frequent the, tr the trenches, warming themselves near the cabins at night and wandering about during the day. They all, the soldiers explain, can hear if a stranger is coming and give alert. This isn't the first time Ukrainian soldiers have been filmed taking care of stray dogs. GNN reported last year on a BBC documentary about the guards that keep watch over the Chernobyl exclusion zone, the dogs that live there, oh, and the dogs that live there. Over time, some have become the soldiers' companions, offering that most ancient of deals between man and nature, food and shelter in exchange for excellent senses of smell and hearing. They give us joy, said one of the guards. For me personally, this is kind of a symbol of the continuation of life in this radioactive post-apocalyptic world. And there's a little video if you guys want to watch. Um, it's at goodnewsnetwork.org. You can watch the little video of Rambo. He's super cute. Oh, he's tiny. Um, you know, we don't deserve dogs. Uh, but again, it's another feel-good story of a really feel-good type, right? Um, it's good to hear uh, that even in the midst of the chaos that's going on with Ukraine and Russia that, um, you know, people still have a heart, right? People still see the suffering, not just of other people, but of the animals too. We forget, you know, there are, what are, what's happening to these animals? They've got to be scared to pieces. The people are scared to pieces. The men, women, and children who are trying to get out of the, the, the cities, um, they're scared to pieces. I'm sure in Russia, uh, the, the people who are, you know, there's a, there's a large number of people who are, who are not for this, this advance on Ukraine. I bet they're scared to pieces too. You know, what does it mean for them? If, if the United States and our allies cut ties with Russian oil, what does that mean for them? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we should have never become energy dependent again. Um, yet we're here <laughs> and it's not made us any safer. But, you know, there's so, many, there's so much suffering Although, you know, everywhere you look, there's so much suffering. So I think we need these feel-good stories. That's why I keep bringing them to you guys. Um, I don't want it all to be doom and gloom. Um, I really want you guys to know that, you know, people are still out there being good and decent people. So also, uh, like I said before, let the left eat themselves because look what's happening. That was, I don't care what anybody says. That was a feel-good story for me. Um, 
let's see what else have we got here okay we're gonna stay with the pet theme because I think everybody enjoys a good pet right everybody enjoys their their fuzzy warm buddy or unless you're you're into reptiles which I don't understand you people they're not fuzzy they're not warm I don't know maybe they're kind of warm I feel like they wouldn't be though I don't know I'm not a reptile person I like turtles but other than that okay uh let's see cats and dogs may protect owners from memory loss in later life studies find see you weirdos with the reptiles you're not in this study i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> i know i've got some people out there like i own a snake why is she singling me out i feel attacked <laughs> and i don't know why you sound like that but you sound like that in my head okay i'm just teasing golly <laughs> everybody lighten up Owning a pet, like a cat or dog, not a reptile, uh, especially for five years or longer, may be linked to slower cognitive decline in older adults, according to a preliminary study. Prior studies have suggested that the human-animal bond may have health benefits like decreasing blood pressure and stress, said study author Tiffany Braley of the University of Michigan Medical Center in Ann Arbor. Our results suggest pet ownership might also protect against cognitive decline. The study looked at cognitive data from 1,369 older adults with an average age of 65 who had normal cognitive skills at the start of the study. A total of 53% owned pets and 32% were long-term pet owners, defined as those who own pets for five years or more. Of study participants, 88% were white, 7% were black, 2% were Hispanic, and 3% were of another ethnicity or race. Researchers used data from the Health and Retirement Study, a large study of Medicare beneficiaries. In that study, people were given multiple cognitive tests. Researchers used those cognitive tests to develop a composite cognitive score for each person, ranging from 0 to 27. The composite score included common tests of subtraction, numeric counting, and word recall. Researchers then used participants' composite cognitive test scores and estimated the association between years of pet ownership and cognitive function. Over six years, cognitive scores decreased at a slower rate in pet owners. This difference was strongest among long-term pet owners. Taking into account other factors known to affect cognitive function, the study showed that long-term pet owners, on average, had a cognitive composite score that was 1.2 points higher at six years compared to non-pet owners. The researchers also found the cognitive benefits associated with longer pet ownership were stronger for black adults, college-educated adults, and men. Braley says more research is needed to further explore the possible reasons for these associations. That's cool. Uh, the article goes on just a little bit further, but I think it's just mostly data. Anyway, um, that's really cool. It makes me feel good to hear that. So if you are thinking about getting a pet, uh, it might do you well. If you are an older American and you are looking for a little bit of companionship, maybe a cat or a dog would be a good choice for you. It seems to be a good idea as far as cognitive decline, um, staving that off. So why not? Besides, you get a furry little cuddle buddy um, to curl up on your lap and who doesn't like that except for reptile owners all right everybody i hope you have a wonderful weekend we are looking at some warmer weather here so i am super excited about that hopefully wherever you are it is warming up and feeling more like spring as always stay deplorable patriots love and god bless